Welcome into the weekend update edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. And as you can see, hail, hail, the gang's all here. Chris Yao to my left, Wade Neely to my right, or as somebody said, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with y'all for the next two hours. I like how there's a, how there's like a step down too. Like I need to, can I lower this chair to get on y'all's level? Get on my level. Cause, get cause it, it we're <laughs> up with us one time. <laughs> I'm going to have to like scooch down to get <laughs> oh, oh, first man. world problems. No first question. World. Yeah. It is the weekend update and it is the everybody loves Chris edition of main street sports today because we will be joined in the second hour by christopher gabriel going to talk a little ut basketball as we've talked all week there's a little bit of a of a game saturday down in tuscaloosa that is intriguing to say the least and in our next segment we're going to visit with serious xm college football talk show host Chris Childers he's got some things to say and I'm interested to hear him as we discuss Middle Tennessee State football and new coach Derek Mason so um, getting getting some insight from him on that situation also going to talk a little bit more of college football in this hour because you know we've not gotten to the 12 12 team playoff yet and already there's talk about more teams. Also, some rule changes that will be considered um, for the upcoming season, I guess. Right, Chris? I believe so. Yeah. So, um, and again, spring training, which means baseball chatter. So, got a lot of stuff to talk about today. It's going to be a fun Friday here on Main Street Sports today as we come to you from the Lee Company studios across Middle Tennessee. I'm at home. Chris is actually in the studio. Wade, parts unknown. Where are you at, Wade? I'm in Nashville, but basically second home. Uh, we're, we're at the girlfriend's homestead today. So okay. getting ready for the mighty trip to Huntington, Tennessee tomorrow, where the Summertown ladies uh, will be in action. So, ooh, ooh, draw the short straw, huh? Yeah, short straw, but uh, we'll have fun. Going to go over and uh, check out what West Tennessee. I'm going to go to Paris. I, I had to lure the girlfriend in. I said, hey, how would you like to come with me to Paris? There you go. And she said, I could be down with that. And I said, well, it's tomorrow night and uh, get ready because uh, it's not the Paris maybe you are thinking of. So. Uh, no you can still take needed. her to the Eiffel Tower. You can yeah, take mean, her to the Eiffel I promised, Tower. I promised her a trip to the Eiffel Tower, so I feel like I'm not living up to my promise, right? You, you, you can't, there, there can be an Eiffel Tower trip. So yeah, be sure and, um, be sure and check that out. Actually, I have pictures of Jody at the Eiffel Tower. You can, you can join Mo, me and Derek Mason who have taken their significant others to the Eiffel Tower in Paris. In Paris, Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, again, great show coming at you here. Uh, before we get too deep into it, though, we probably need to give you yesterday's results and the weekend scores here on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. 
The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. The Blue Raider Voice also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. I misspoke in the intro. We're going to give you yesterday's results and this weekend's schedule here. And starting with yesterday's results in girls high school basketball action, the Division II Double A tournament semifinals up at Tennessee Tech and Cookville. Knoxville Catholic defeated Christ Presbyterian Academy 45 40, and it will be an all Knoxville championship game as Knoxville Webb defeated Webb Bellbuckle 48 41. In boys basketball action yesterday, D2 Double A semifinals. Brentwood Academy defeated Knoxville Webb 63 48. It was Briarcrest 76, Pope Prep 53. In Division One region finals, Eagleville defeated Santa Fe 64 56. Coverage at MainStreetMurray.com. Cannon County 68, Mount Pleasant 61. It was Creekwood 49, Chester County 46. Hume Fogg with a 62-54 win over Portland. White House Heritage defeated Jackson County 58-49. Whites Creek with a 78-62 win over East Nashville. It was Upperman 52, Lawrence County 39. Hillsborough with a 67-44 win over Beach. Independence defeated Brentwood 65-49. Rossview with a 71 71- 71-54 win over Dixon County and Cookville 62, Laverne 41. In men's basketball last night, college basketball that is, Little Rock knocked off TSU 85-60. to Thomas Moore with the win 74-55 to over Trevecca. In women's college basketball last night, Little Rock uh, completing the sweep. I gave you the men's score, but the ladies kicked things off with a 68-46 to win over TSU. Bellarmine won it 80 to 74 versus Lipscomb. Austin P took care of Eastern Kentucky by the count of 63 to 55. The Lady Vols got a nice win, 75 to 66 versus Texas A&M. The Lady Doors, as it were, 68 Missouri 61. Don't call uh, them ladies. Yeah, do not the call Commodore them ladies. Women. The Commodore yeah. Women. There we go. There we Thank go. you. I, fe- yeah. I just felt like something was off when I said that, but uh, Vanderbilt <laughs> wins it. 68 to 61. Thomas Moore defeated Trevecca 77 to 61. And in a game that we'll break down a little bit later, the Nashville Predators staying hot. They put up six goals to just one for Minnesota last night. 6-1 victory for the Preds over the Wild. Schedule for this weekend. We start with Friday results already over in Cookville at the Division II State Semifinals. Good pasture downs the Kings Academy 58. 47. Tomorrow we'll have the the rest of these are 7 p.m. local time to the the school. So some of these will be Eastern time. If you don't know, then you just don't. I can't help you. Rossview is at Bartlett. Lincoln County is at Beach. Blackman welcomes Cleveland. Oakland is at Bradley Central. That one is going to be Eastern Time. Collierville is at Clarksville. Coffee County welcomes Hendersonville. Smith County is at East Nashville. Summertown, as Wade told you, will be at Huntingdon, and he will have you covered at Wade Neely. Cheatham County is down at Loretto. Chester County goes to Station Camp. Wayne County welcomes Eagleville. Pearl Cone is at York Institute. McEwen goes to Moore County. And Jackson Southside at home against Macon County. 
in boys basketball action. Um, playing right now is Providence Christian and Evangelical Christian in the D1 double and D1A semifinals, I guess. Tomorrow, Broadcrest Christian and Brentwood Academy will play at 1.30 in the D2 AA championship game. The D2A championship is at 6.30, and Division I sectionals are 7 o'clock tips, again, local to the school. Hillsborough is at Beach. This isn't right. No, these are from yesterday. There are no boys games tomorrow other than those two Division II championship games up at Tennessee Tech. So, um, college basketball doubleheaders to um, Saturday. Trevecca is at Kentucky Wesleyan. First game's at noon. Tennessee State is at Martin. The first game is at 1. And Evansville is at Belmont on Sunday. That's a 1 o'clock start. Men's basketball tonight. Bellarmine is at Austin P. Eastern Kentucky is at Lipscomb. And Fisk plays Wiley of Texas at Stillman in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference quarterfinals. Those are all 7 o'clock starts on Saturday. Cumberland is at the University of the Cumberlands. That's a 5 o'clock start, uh, women. Um, and something just moved on me. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I'm sorry. Cumberland and University of the Cumberlands is men's at 5 o'clock. Also, men's game at 2.30. LSU is at Vanderbilt. That game's on the SEC Network at 7 on ESPN. Tennessee is at Alabama. And also at 7 on ESPNU, Middle Tennessee State goes to Sam Houston. It wouldn't be a Friday if there wasn't something freaky going on, folks. But uh, women's college basketball scores are scheduled, I should say, for this Friday. 6.30 tonight, Indiana State will travel to Belmont. Cumberland is going to take on Georgetown College in the Mid-South Conference Tournament. That game is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. You can hear it on WANT-FM. That's 98.9 uh, for those that want to dial in there. Uh, we've also mentioned Fisk will take on Talladega, and those games are at Stillman College uh, in the GCAC quarterfinals. Saturday action, uh, again, in women's college basketball. Lipscomb is at Eastern Kentucky. Austin P is at Bellarmine. Those the games are set for noon, both of those contests uh, at high noon. Sam Houston's at MTSU at 2. And on Sunday, Tennessee will travel to South Carolina. The tip-off will come your way at 11 a.m. and you can catch it on ESPN. Georgia is at Vanderbilt at 1 p.m. In the NBA, Friday and Saturday action uh, over the weekend, the Trailblazers will come to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. That game can be seen on Valley Sports beginning at 7 p.m. The Preds have another big game tomorrow night. You can see it at 5 o'clock on Valley Sports South. As the Avalanche, uh, who got a big win last night themselves, uh, they come to Nashville for a big-time showdown. And NSC will be in action Saturday night versus the Colorado Rapids. Apple TV is your destination there. Kickoff comes your way at 8.30 p.m. That is the undefeated Nashville Soccer Club, by the way. 2-0 um, and in Champions Cup play and... Oh, oh, and one in MLS. So he is a soccer wizard, folks. Uh, Mo is on fire this year. I love it. Are y'all there? We, I, I, I think I am. I think I am. Maybe I am. Yeah. That's your rundown. There we go. <laughs>
Top story brought to you as always by Piggly Wiggly over in Neely's Mill in Columbia. Be sure and check out their delicious daily deli lunch options as well as their hand-cut meats. And everything is cost plus 10% at the cash register. So again, Piggly Wiggly at Neely's Mill here, here in Columbia presenting your top story. Yes? Before we get into that top story, you something we would top tip story? <laughs> Something we would typically bring you on Thursdays, Mo, we just received in our inbox the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Weekly Player of the Week honors. Well, have at it because I don't have it up. UT's J Martins, Jacob Cruz, averaged a double-double last week as the junior powered the Skyhawks to two big road victories and earned the week's Men's Basketball Player of the Week award in two outings. He averaged 29.5 points, 11.5 boards, and shot 63% from the field, including 94% from the free throw line. Scored 28 against Lindenwood and then 31 at Southeast Missouri State. On the women's side, it was Carson Newman graduate guard Braylon Weichel. W-Y-K-L-E, Weichel. Mm -hmm. Two big performances. She could barely miss in two contests. She shot 72% from the floor including 59% from long range and 100% from the free throw line, averaging 32 and a half against Virginia Wise. She had 37 points on 13 of 15 shooting, including seven of nine three-point tries. She also on Saturday against Limestone had 28 on a 10 for 17 effort and three deep balls on the diamond Tennessee Tech catcher Hayden Gilliland helped keep the six-game win streak alive for his Golden Eagles as they uh, as he hit 625. You heard me, not a typo. 625 with 10 hits and 16 ABs, had two doubles and a homer, driving in six and scored seven times himself. So how about that? And on the bump, it was Andrew Devine, who has been a great mm -hmm. ball player for a long time, Austin P. Redshirt Sr. now. Uh, earned the pitching honor as the Texas Tech transfer through a complete game, one hit shutout, struck out 12 over seven, which is the most strikeouts by an Austin P pitcher in a single game since 2019. He improved to 2 0 on the year, allowed just one hit, a one out double in the first inning. He then retired eight straight before allowing a leadoff walk in the fourth and then sat down the next 12, including seven on strikeouts. For softball, it was Union University's sweep over the weekend as junior Zoe Neal was named Player of the Week, whilst Laney Baker is the Pitcher of the Week. Neal was 6 for 14 with three home runs and 14 ribbies. <laughs> she scored five as well. She had a walk-off grand slam in the series finale against Delta State. Uh Laney Baker threw eight innings, allowing two runs, one earned on two hits. She threw a complete game, one hitter in the season series opener, and then uh, also threw the final frame in the second game. And across the eight innings of work, she struck out 14 hitters. Those are your Tennessee Sports Riders Association Players of the Week. Solid performances all around. Congrats to all of the honorees. Our originally scheduled top story there is only one former middle tennessee state safety 
suiting up for the Philadelphia Eagles or there will only be one because the the Athletic is reporting that the Philadelphia Eagles will release Kevin Byard after just 10 games following his midseason trade by the Titans to Philadelphia. 75 tackles, an interception, and three pass breakups over those 10 games. Um, but not especially impressive. Neither he nor the team over that stretch. So, and apparently this is going to be, it's more of a financial move than anything, it sounds like. They'll gain $13 million in cap savings by releasing him according to over the cap. So, um, Kevin Byard on the move. Yeah, you know, I mentioned this to to Terry McCormick, what, two or three days ago, I guess. Mm. Said, he, you know, we knew he was going to be available. Is he an option for the Titans? I think in a, in a secondary that has as many struggles as the Titans have, plus, again, you know, the leadership that he brings. Now, would he want to come back here after having been traded? I don't know. But I do think that he does have value and may have more value in the Titans organization than anywhere else. But the flip side of that is with a new coaching staff, how much value does he have as a Titan? Uh, I mean, it's the defensive staff is, you know, there's going to be so much turnover. I don't know the answer to that, but I do Mm -hmm. think the leadership value is probably the – the, the value that you're getting from, from Bayard more than anything. I guess my thought would be what sort of contract uh, is he expecting and what sort of contract could the Titans potentially offer? Uh, because, yeah, I do really like potentially the idea of the leadership angle, uh, potentially regardless of what coaching uh, philosophies kind of look like. But uh, it will be – and also, if you take Kevin kind of at his face value, I mean, it seemed like when he left Nashville, he was really kind of disappointed that he didn't get to – I mean, he was one of those guys that talked about, you know, I want to play my entire career here. Mm-hmm. And just kind of well, hearing that, I just kind of took him and, at his word because it seemed very genuine. So I wouldn't uh, – any other player, any other franchise, I might would be saying, you know, ah, no way he's going to come back. But I, I wouldn't be essentially shocked if he did maybe make a run back in Nashville. Yeah, and, and after he was – he gave kind of a, a good faith effort in taking that pay cut to allow the team to make, you know, to make the signing of DeAndre Hopkins. The good thing is the Titans have more cap space than anybody. So if they can afford a con, you know, if they, if there's a team out there that can afford a contract for a leadership guy only, it's probably the Titans. I don't think he's going to be a leadership only guy is the thing. I, I don't know. I, I, it feels like his best days on the field may be behind him. Did not record a sack, a tackle for a loss, or a forced fumble in 10 games with Philadelphia. But as And said, had a 74% completion percentage against him. Yeah. Ooh. This this is what this is my point. That if he's again, I feel like he has some value, not nearly as much as he had prior to last year. Sure. So that'll the internet, uh, obviously, at least Titans Twitter, has you know taken a quick uh, 
glancing blow at Kevin. You know, Kevin Byard's record as a Titan, 71 and 56. And then you have the quote, you know, you're a winner now. Things are done differently here. It's referring to Philadelphia. His record as a Philadelphia Eagle was five and six. I don't know if that's necessarily a shot at Byard or if that's a, another shot at, at AJ, AJ Brown. The, yeah, the, I, I think the more of the culture of the Eagles, perhaps. Yeah, AJ has become kind of public enemy number one in a lot of Titans fan base corners and, and it's kind of unfortunate, but he's kind of brought some of it on himself as well. So um, at any rate, Kevin Byard expected to be a free agent here pretty soon will certainly be interesting to see where he winds up and if it is in Nashville. And it's kind of tough to be the mayor of Murfreesboro from anywhere other than Nashville, right? Yeah, it feels like it'd be a long commute. It, it does feel like it'd be a long commute. So yeah, you don't want to um, be an absentee mayor by any stretch. No. So yeah, you kind of you kind of gotta kind of gotta get on there. back here. Yeah. Speaking so. of Murfreesboro, you you touched on it in your open there, Mo. I mean, uh, big shoes now for Reed Blankenship to step into, who has done well in his first couple of seasons with the Eagles, and uh, he's been really kind of to me a pleasant pleasant surprise for them and he's kind of holding down the fort as you said as the resident blue raider now in that secondary absolutely and i guess he's he's kind of he's got a super bowl ring too right well you know as surprises go it i don't know that anybody within the murfreesboro circle is surprised that Reed Blankenship is having success at the professional level. Now, it's probably a surprise to everybody else in the country, but anybody who watched that kid play in college knew what the what the Eagles were getting. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, no ring for Reed. They they lost to Kansas City two years ago. My bad. But he's, he's got to feel like he's next on the list after those guys from the, from the past Super Bowl with the Chiefs. So... When we come back here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, we will be joined by Sirius XM college football talk show host, Chris Childers. And um, I'm intrigued by the upcoming conversation. Stick around, you will be too. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com.
Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. We thrive under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Welcome back to the weekend update edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. I'm Maurice Patton, flanked by Chris Yao on my left, Wade Neely on my on the right, and here he is. In the can y'all still hear me? We can. We now. got you. Okay. All right. That, I, but you couldn't. Okay. My bad. It was a dramatic um, pause is all it was. Yeah. We are now joined by Sirius XM college football personality, Chris Childers. Chris, what's up? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. It's good to be no, here. It's, it's good to have you, man. I know we were slated to have you earlier in the week and some issues prevented you from being able to come in with us, but glad you were able to get in today. And Chris, I reached out to you. You're an MTSU alumnus, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I graduated in January 04. So it's been a couple decades, but yes. Well, trust me, it's been a couple <laughs> and then some on this end. But um, wanted to get some input from you regarding 
the recent coaching change on our campus. And you warned me when I reached out to you and asked you if we could discuss this. And, and you said, I'm not a fan of the newly named Derek Mason as a hire. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'm fascinated, though, by what it is you don't like about it. I don't think it can work. I, I honestly think uh, we regressed. I think we went backward. We didn't upgrade. If you're going to get rid of somebody like Rick Stockstill, who I th think is a rock solid football coach, you better be going in a direction where you really believe the program is going to improve. And I don't see that. I think Derek Mason is a guy, you know, so they want to get somebody to re-energize the program, to reinvigorate, to get people in the stands. I don't see how Derek Mason's that guy. I don't see how a guy who could get, you know, maybe a handful of home fans to show up at Vanderbilt on West End and, you know, 99% of the home games were dominated by the other team. I just don't understand how that's that guy. I know Vanderbilt's in a unique situation, but to me, having studied Derek, having covered Derek, having been around Derek, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a really good defensive coordinator. I just don't think in this modern era that Derek Mason's going to be an upgrade. Rick Stock still, to me, should still be the head coach at Middle Tennessee. It bothered me to the end of the earth that we made the move. And the reason being, Stock still, to me, was really good at maximizing more. I just don't think how many people in the Middle Tennessee area understand how bad our school is. And I'm saying that with all due respect, but our facilities are absolute trash. Uh, I know they're getting better. I know they've broken ground. I know they're moving in the right direction. Geographically, we're at a disadvantage based on where we're at compared to other schools in, uh, that we compete with. We just don't have a lot going for us. And to me, to have a coach that was consistently going to bowl games, that was consistently finding ways to beat bigger opponents like Miami two years ago, I really believe that people didn't understand how good they had it with Rick Stockstill and how Rick was able to maximize a bad situation. It really made me mad, honestly, when Chris Massaro had the gall to say that he compared um, Stockstill to the other teams in the conference. And that was the measuring stick. And I think that's BS because I'll compare Chris then to all the other leagues, uh, teams in the league and say that we're behind. We don't have the kind of bells and whistles that other people have. Go look around, go visit, go to other schools. Oh, go to like South Alabama and you'd be like, hold on a second. That's what they're working with. And we're working with like, you know, paper Dixie cups and strings until they get this, uh, this place going. Uh, I don't know if Derek Mason, I look, we're in an impossible situation when it comes to keeping players. If we have anybody that's good, they're going to leave. We don't have NIL. We don't have stuff like that. That's going to be able to be competitive. We need a coach in my opinion that was going to go out there and be an entertainer. He was going to go out there and beat the drum. He was going to figure out a way. Like in my fantasy world, there was going to be somebody we would attract that was going to be able to go out there and he was going to be flamboyant and he was going to be, excuse me, an outspoken. And he was going to be somebody that got into Nashville, got the entertainment business. Hey, this will be, you can own our team. You can own it. NIL the hell out of it, country music business, get involved. Let's find a way to be different. And I just don't think Derek Mason is a guy that is going to be creative. I think he's probably three or four years and we're doing this again.
It's an interesting concept as one, Chris, I think that you're probably right in obviously the comparison of the facilities. I don't think South Alabama is a fair comparison considering that they only started their program a decade ago. But we'll go to Western Kentucky. That's, I mean, any of them, any of them. I understand, uh, but I'm curious how how we expect to get more when, sure, beat Miami. Now, understand, I'm a Jacksonville State grad, so I hope mm-hmm. I, I hope this hire sucks. I hope you're exactly right in that, Derek Mason. I hope it's terrible, but that's neither here nor there. That being said, <laughs> now – I mean, sure, you can beat Miami and you can beat Missouri and you can win those games, but you lost a conference championship in your own building. You didn't play for another one. I I mean, sure, that Conference USA was better. This one was awful, and he sucked. Not with Liberty, though. And the thing is, we're getting – see, here's what people need to understand. We cannot keep players. If you're any good at all – like. We're getting picked clean at the end of the season. If we're good, our guys are going elsewhere. They're going to transfer. They're going to go other places. They're going to have a chance to play right away. To me, when you're at such a disadvantage, if you can be competitive at all, you're in a pretty good situation. Um, I I truly believe, like, there is a there are schools that have competitive NIL at this level. And we're certainly not even, I mean, we don't even have a collective. I can't even find where to give money to if I want to be a part of it. That's a problem. That needs to be fixed. That needs to be addressed. That needs to be a part of this. There needs to be a community that understands that you can't complain about the results unless you're actually helping. Because now that's a part of it. You have to get your hard-earned money. Um, It's just the way, it's the nature of the beast right now. That's where we're at. In the world of college athletics, um, to me, Stockstill was solid. I think he's a guy that was able to maximize more from less. Uh, He was a water hose drinking guy. I think people are going to realize how tough the Middle Tennessee job is without a guy like Rick Stockstill there to kind of mask some of the uh, deficiencies. Now, I know we're getting better as far as facilities. Thank God. Uh, it's super long overdue. You know, I used South Alabama as a reference. Look, go look at anybody. I mean, I've been all over the place. I, I travel around. I cover college football for a living. And I just kind of see uh, how things are. And you got to understand geographically, Tennessee is not a great state for recruiting. It's getting better. I mean, our population obviously is boomed, but it's not Florida. It's not Mississippi. It's not Georgia. Um, so it's tough. And now we're in a league with this Liberty that can spend anything they want. They got endless supplies of money and they're, and they're spending, you know, five, $6 million on a football coach. That's going to be hard to catch on an annual basis. That's going to be difficult. So in my opinion, Derek Mason, there's nothing about him that says this guy's going to work in the modern era of college athletics. There's nothing about his resume. There's nothing about his background that says, Oh, we've upgraded. And that's what bothered me. To me, you have to get somebody. I want somebody that's going to be in the press conference saying, I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm getting the community involved. We're going to raise this money. Find ways to make Middle Tennessee cool. Because we have things that we can play up to that can give us an advantage. But we never do it. 
we don't do anything creative. We stay in our little middle Tennessee bubble and we, we kind of, you know, bathe in mediocrity all the time. And to me, there's more potential to unlock in this program if somebody would be willing to do it. Chris Childers of Sirius XM Radio joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. And Chris, I hear what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It makes sense. My question is how much of that is coach-related and how much of that is administration-related? A ton of it. I think Sidney McPhee is terrible. Um, I've been saying that forever. As an alumnus, I will beat that drum. I think he has meddled far too much. Uh, in athletics, what what bothers me, go back and look at the end of the Kermit Davis era, and we just let our basketball program rot. Our basketball program with Nick McDevitt, and I think this guy is, McPhee gets so into the hiring process. I know firsthand, I had a friend that was a candidate for the job at MTSU, and I know what the process was like because I talked to him about it. Um he's the one who's making the hire. It's not Massaro. And that to me is a problem because I think Chris Massaro is actually one of the better athletic directors in the country. I think he's smart. I think he's savvy. I think he's um, budget savvy. I think he's a guy that's been able to maximize who we are uh, and work. I mean, look at the coaches that have had longevity under him, whether it be Rick Insel, uh, Kermit Davis was a decade and a half. Rick Stock still was, you know, a decade and a half plus. There's a lot of, I mean, that. and think about how rare, that is, especially for a place like Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in a school at the level of middle, to have coaches be successful and stay for a decade, decade and a half is unheard of. But to me, when you get the university president too involved in the hiring process, and I think Nick McDevitt and Derek Mason were Sidney McPhee hires, I think you're cutting the knees out from Chris Massara. And we had a massive opportunity to capitalize on where we were as a basketball program Kermit laid an incredible foundation and we just kind of let it rot. And it's so disappointing. It's, I mean, our best, I mean, yeah, we beat Western over the weekend. That was the only time I've been happy in God knows how long when it comes to watching that team. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, so to me, I just, in my opinion, he's too involved. Be a university president. A lot of good things have happened at Middle Tennessee under, and I, I don't want to be Johnny Naysayer here because I love my school, but I study this stuff every day. And I know schools and I acknowledge schools and I recognize schools that do it the right way. And then I do see schools that, you know, kind of step over themselves. And I think with Sidney McPhee, in my opinion, Again, just athletically, I think as a university president, he does a, a swell job. But I think his hands are far too deep into the athletic cookie jar, in my opinion. Chris, as we've talked about the uh, Derek Mason hire, and uh, obviously it seems like we have a pretty firm grasp on where you land. But I'm curious, what are one or two things that Derek uh, or Coach Mason could do that would either surprise you or potentially make you at least pause and say, okay, this was unexpected and maybe a step in the right direction. And uh, I'm curious just what one or two things like that would potentially look like. Well, I'll be curious to see, you know, what this team looks like in the spring and, on, you know, spring game day and to see what they look like athletically, to see what the line of scrimmage looks like. You're only as good. If they, if they've done a nice job of addressing situations on the line of scrimmage and I can look out there and see that there's guys that I think can legitimately stop the run and get after the quarterback, which really is 
at this level, especially, you're only as good as your your guys up front. I don't care how good you are at the skill spots, how good you are at quarterback. You have to be good. If I can go there and be like, oh, okay, he's got a little something, I might change my mind. I might think that this team has a chance to be pretty competitive. I don't know, though. And the thing about it is, as you guys recognize, it's such a guess. I mean, nowadays, we just don't know. It, it, I talked to a coach about this uh, the last couple of days on my show at Rick Neuheisel on Full Ride. And you know what's amazing about this modern era of roster acquisition is that coaches call it speed dating. It's remember before when, what I mean by that is, remember before these coaches used to get, you know, years worth of relationships in before they made a commitment to a kid and the kid made the commitment to them. Nowadays with the portal, you're kind of guessing. You're kind of hoping that this kid's going to fit. He's going to fit our mission. He's going to fit as a character. Uh, his athletic ability is going to fit. And when you're doing that a lot of times with the portal in a given year, you could either be really lucky and it works or it could be a disaster. So with this team, that's like um, we make fun of these pre uh, – I used to love the preview magazines. You know, go mm-hmm. get the Athlon or the Sporting oh, yeah. News. Those guys can't even – those hmm. magazines aren't accurate because when they put them out, we don't even know who's on the teams. Right. So yeah. I'll be curious to see what middle looks like from an athletic standpoint, just getting out there and watching them in spring ball. And if they look, you know, a little bigger, a little plumper, a little more athletic than I thought, then, you know, maybe I'll be a little bit more encouraged about the start of the year. Once Rick was gone, Chris, was there somebody that you would have had in mind that would have been a better fit for MTSU than Derek Mason? Were there somebody's plural that you felt like would have been a better fit that were realistic options for middle? All right. I don't want to be too big of a homer and it me not liking Derek uh, as a hire has nothing. I want to be very, very clear. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with who they didn't hire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this is going to sound weird, but I wanted them and he did interview and he did interview in person. Uh, but I wanted it to be Rick Neuheisel. And the reason I wanted it to be Rick Neuheisel is because Rick Neuheisel to me has a vision for how to succeed at that level in this modern era. Uh, I talk to him every day about it. I understand he he's the personality. He's the flamboyance. He's the guy with the guitar. He's the one that would be in the honky tonks in Nashville and recruiting Chris Young to, you know, essentially run his program with him. And, and to me, if you could have gotten the celebrities of Nashville to truly buy in and nobody would have done it better than Rick, that's now how we separate ourselves. That's how we create an identity. Let them be the pseudo owners, let the country music community take over the program and be the pseudo owners. And by the way, we're going to private equity probably eventually with these athletic departments. Why not let it be that industry? Because I I truly believe that that could be our ticket to be something unique, and it could be our ticket to get into the college football playoff. That opportunity exists. We can make the playoff now. That's real. And I don't see any reason why you can't be taking advantage of a community of celebrities that love football and say, I know it's not Georgia, I know it's not Alabama, but this is 30 minutes from you, and you could essentially own it. And you're going to have your hands all over it. And he believed in that vision. 
to me, that is the vision that I, that I, the only vision I think that can make this program separate and special uh, in this NIL era, in this world of, of name, image, and likeness and collective. So, um, yeah, but they weren't going to hire a guy named Rick. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is the problem. He should have changed his I name. Were, I think they were closer than you think. <laughs> were um, they going to hire a 63 year old Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was closer than you think. I, um, this is, I can tell you, I had never heard that name and I'm not doubting boy, you oh, it because you're, it happened in Atlanta and our boy McPhee messed it up. So oh. Oh, okay. uh, there you go. That's, that's very intriguing. Um, today mm-hmm. I learned. I mean, that's going to be very pissed that I said this out loud because uh, he's very quiet about his, you know, his interviews and stuff like that because he does want to coach again. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but he he, he's going to hear it. So I can tell brilliant. you. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. Trust me. And I think yeah. he would have been a guy like that. I think you need a showman. I don't think a football coach will do anymore in this world of NIL. I think you need a football coach and a showman. Especially at the mid-major, quote, mm-hmm. level, probably. You oh, need yeah. some type of a gimmick, like you said. Oh, we had so. it all planned out, dude. His sister <laughs> lives in uh, Franklin. I mean, we were – we had a life planned, baby. We had a life plan. <laughs> that's, huh. That's wild. Um, yep. As sweet as his CBS sports gig is, he, he was, he was going to give that up to go back on the sideline, huh? Yeah, he would, and especially in a place like Middle, Rick loves Nashville. Um, he loves the entertainment business. He loves uh, he loves to you know just be moving and shaking. And I think Middle Tennessee would have been a really good fit for him as far as lifestyle. But uh, that would have been a great one for me if it wasn't my guy, if it wasn't my radio partner. Uh, I wanted somebody young who really understood this how to grind out this era of college athletics that would have been my take some coordinator somewhere some you know whatever uh that would have really true that had a track record um with recruiting guys in the NIL era and the transfer portal would have been my would have been my pick that's interesting i'm i'm very intrigued by that whole situation that you just laid out there chris childers with sirius xm sports talk and chris appreciate your time and appreciate you coming on with us and hopefully we can catch up with you again here soon you're welcome guys thanks for having me i, I hate to be so negative i feel like i was so negative and i promise you i'm a happy person i'm smiling now for those that can't we'll, see <laughs> we'll get you back to the, at, at a better time maybe absolutely we'll get right, you cool. back and talk about talk like middle tennessee so i'm a I'm probably the biggest MTSU women's basketball fan. So if you want me to be positive, get me back on to talk about that because I'll. Are be, you going I'll to senior day tomorrow? Of course, of I'll course see I'm you going. over there. I love, I love those girls. Yeah, I'll come say hi to you. Absolutely. Do that. We'll talk, man. I appreciate it. Chris Childers Absolutely. with us here on Go Raiders on Main Street Sports today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. When we come back, we're going to keep talking college football. So stay with us after the break. Live under the lights. A city of performers. 
putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Welcome back to the weekend update edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. Maurice Patton, Wade Neely, Chris Yao, and we're going to keep the college football conversation going here because there is um, plenty of it. 
there, yeah, there is plenty of it, including the idea that 12 may not be enough for the playoffs. I mean, why stop at 12, right? Why, you know, why just... stop at 12? Why, why yeah. even, yeah, let's just get 14 for this year. Why 14, though? I've not read any of this. Yeah, bring us up to speed. Nope. <laughs> Struck a nerve. Okay. Oh. First of all, <laughs> 14 makes the least sense of anything. I mean, if you're going to go, what, why 14? What is it? What's the rationale behind the 14? the Big Ten champion and the SEC champion get automatic buys. That's why the Big Ten and the SEC are even thinking about going along with it. So they get the automatic buys from both sides. Now. Well, would they have to be one and two to do that? No. Oh, you're just going to give Big Ten and SEC. Get, that, that, is the, that is the plan that is being circulated. Whatever their Hellinger. seed is. No, it doesn't matter. Big Ten champ, SEC champ, get the auto buys. Oh, good Lord. That is why actually- they are okay with this because, you know, that this is why they are only getting three automatic bids instead of four. Do they actually think other folks are going to go along with that? Or does it matter? <laughs> it clearly didn't get shot down immediately. Oh, Because here's the thing. <laughs> L- much like you have said the NCAA needs Power 5 football more than Power 5 football needs the NCAA, mm-hmm. the ACC and the Big 12 need the SEC and the Big 10 more than the SEC and Big 10 need them. And so it's kind of like they're really being held hostage here. And so they are just going to continue to hang on to that as long as they can for as much as they can, I guess, it's the Big Ten and SEC, right? They just Whatever else they can get out of that. This power grab. And that's what it is. It's a power grab. Yep. And it's and- t- it's terrible for college football. It's terrible for everybody, including the SEC and Big Ten, by the way. Interesting. I'm sure you guys uh, are brushed up on the UEFA Champions League, uh, which you may be wondering why the heck I'm bringing that up. But from the athletic, kind of this model somewhat mimics what they do with the Champions League, where it's kind of weighted, as Chris is alluding to, the upper-tier leagues, quote-unquote, get prioritized spots and athletics says that the three, three, two, two, one model uh, would kind of almost, yeah, flight the champs uh, from the, now what would be interesting obviously is if they just rotate it. Soccer is kind of more of a fluid situation, but it's, this sounds more like a uh, ironclad contract type situation. What would be kind of interesting is if the big 12 wins the national championship, all of a sudden the next year, they're the, one of the leagues that gets, the automatic buy kind of as if, you know, you back it up on the field from the year prior, but it sounds like, yeah, you could be looking at a situation where another league has the top two or three teams and yeah, we're just going to go ahead and send Ole Miss or send, uh, you know, Ohio state all the way through uh, to the next round, which is, it's very interesting. And I'm glad y'all got a cleansing breath in before, because uh, that was still spirited enough, but if he had not got the cleansing breath. Oh yeah. He, he definitely needed a little woosah right there. That, um, that's... I'm so frustrated by this because, you know, when we talked with, with Bill Hancock two years ago 
And he said, you know, 12 is probably the number we're going to come up with. And he talked about how it was the perfect number that doesn't devalue the regular season while also not devaluing, you know, the, the playoff and bring some value to the playoff. But it also, uh, you know, the, the top four s- seeds getting the buy makes the regular season matter. It doesn't mm-hmm. hurt conference championships and all of these things. And to me, it, and here's the thing. it was perfect. Bill, Bill Hancock meant all of that. Uh, exactly. So this, this whole Greg Sankey yeah. and you know Big Ten situation, I, this just feels like a. This feels like nothing but a power grab. Power it's, grab. it's extortion to mm-hmm. some degree, and that is why you know just like Matt Brown said last week and and on yesterday's Throwback Thursday segment. There are going to be programs who can afford to play at this level, and there are going to be a lot more programs who can't. And we're going to find out who they are in the next few years if this is the way that college football continues to go. Either can't or choose not to. Right. I mean, there there are plenty who will be like, I, we don't have to do this. And it will be – that. that's, I guess, going to be the next thing to watch is – who kind of gets pushed to the wayside or who steps to the wayside. Um, a guy that I follow, Joel Anderson, um, had a tweet to that effect a couple of weeks ago and I reached out to him about getting him on the show. It's just a matter of getting him on. But, you know, there are going to be some schools and it won't be necessarily schools that you would expect that just kind of bow out of this thing. Yeah, I, I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, you'll have some schools like like Nebraska who will be super excited because they're going to be one of the you know, 16 or 24 teams who decide to opt into this. Are they? And though? suddenly they're relevant again. Oh, absolutely. Because they, they can buy their relevance. Buy a seat at the table, as it were. Well, right. You're, you're buying. So, if you're if you're only competing with 23 other schools or 31 other schools, it's a lot better than trying to compete with 64 Power Five schools. You, you're, you know, you're at the upper echelon. Players are only going to go to these. You know, the top players are going to go to these top 32 schools, and you're one of them. And Nebraska absolutely wants to be one of them. I love some of the other chatter coming out of this that uh, all 10 of the conference commissioners and the athletic director for Notre Dame, they're just always the, you know, the outlier in this situation. They got together. And Speaking ACC, of cleansing breaths, Wade, because yeah. the whole Notre Dame thing has, has been a sore spot with me for years. Get in a conference or go away. Hey, I mean – if it weren't March, I would uh, be right there with the uh, slander of Notre Dame, but we'll give it uh, a little bit of a St. Patrick's night, I suppose. But, yeah, this is <laughs> this is kind of just the crazy world that we're in. And uh, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips uh, saying last week, at the end of the day, it's what's right. It's what's the right model for 2026 and beyond. It was him uh, questioning, I suppose. He said, we're going to continue to listen to one another and try and practically put something together. Uh, hold on to your hats here. That is good for college football, good for conferences and Notre Dame. That was in the quote, and also for the health and well-being long-term of college football. So yeah, they're just kind of just continuously 
somehow relevant in all of this, despite the fact they're they're maintaining that independence. Well, despite the fact that they're not relevant, I mean, how close more were often they to the, than not? Where where were they in the CFP rankings this past year? Do we know? Were they in the top ten? No. So you know, here's my problem with this. You're essentially guaranteeing a three-loss Big Ten or SEC team to get into the playoffs. Penn State, 0-3 against three ranked opponents last year, would have gotten into the playoffs Mm -hmm. because they were able to beat Maryland and Illinois. Congratulations. All right. Instead of Tulane or SMU, they get in just because they're in the Big Ten. It's absurd. Rank has its privilege. It's not worth it. And that's why, and and again, look, Penn State folks are going to watch the television. They're going to turn the television on. That's just the way it is. That's what matters. And this is, I have been a proponent of the 12-team playoff, of expanding the playoff from 4 to 12 from, from the moment we started talking about it. Mo, you were right there with me the entire time. Sure. 14, 16, anything more than 12 is absolutely the wrong move. You're going to Major League Baseball this, and it's going to screw it up. <laughs> and we're not going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle. No, no. I mean, the number only continues to get larger. It's not going to get any smaller from wherever it goes. So, I mean... 12 and I moved that the nomination cease, but um, we we certainly need a second on that. So um, we want to keep talking college football after the break, or do we want to talk a little major league baseball? Because there's you go. Both. plenty of both. <laughs> yeah. Who says, yeah. Who says we can't do both? There, the, this is another one of those 20 pounds of potatoes. As, as Alan Jackson said, who says you can't have it all? Well, We will figure out exactly what we're going to have when we come back for the second hour of the weekend update edition of Main Street Sports Today presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia from our respective Lee Company studios. Come back with us after this break. Welcome to Protein Snack Shop, your destination for healthy and delicious low-carb snacks. Our specialty lies in providing protein-packed desserts that are perfect for those following a keto diet. Our products are made with high-quality ingredients, ensuring that you can satisfy your cravings without compromising your health goals. From a variety of flavors and options to choose from, you can enjoy guilt-free snacking while staying on track with your fitness journey. Don't miss out on our limited-time offer. Discover Protein Snack Shop today. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. 
Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. We thrive under the lights. A city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Welcome back to the second hour of the weekend update edition of Main Street Sports today presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. Wade Neely, Maurice Patton, Chris Yao going left to right on your screen. and Three amigos. Um, yes, yes. We're the three best friends that anyone could have, right? Yeah. Um, let's delve into a little Major League Baseball because this college football stuff is going to be here. But... Um, Interesting name showed up in an article on The Athletic here in the last couple of days. Kenny Lofton. Hmm. Um, Braves legend. Braves legend, Kenny Lofton. Astros legend. Really? Yes. Draft pick. He was drafted by the Astros. Um, Came up with the Indians. I think he spent one season with Atlanta the year after they won the World Series. It was the 96 season that he was in Atlanta, I do believe. But um, he is being inducted into the Arizona Basketball Ring of Honor. Quiet as it's kept, he was um, kind of on the forefront of some of those great Arizona basketball teams that they had over there um, in the, I guess, late 80s, early 90s, um, and decided kind of on a whim after his junior year of basketball to to go back to baseball that he had played in high school. And next thing you know, he's carved out a nice little Major League Baseball season. But I think he started 128 games for Arizona and – didn't put up great numbers through his career, but was really recognized as kind of a cornerstone of what that program went on to accomplish under Lute Olson. So um, congrats to Kenny Lofton. I, I just thought that was really intriguing. Again, nice article on The Athletic on how he evolved from basketball to baseball. I should have worn my Kenny Lofton Braves jersey today. I didn't know that we were talking about Kenny or when I was at home earlier, or I would have donned the Kenny Lofton Braves uh, spring training jersey that I own. Okay, so the obvious question is, why do you have a Kenny Lofton Braves jersey? Well, the <laughs> the answer is, much like many of my friends back in the early to mid 2000s spent a lot of time and money at America's thrift stores. 
So I swear I got my Mariners hats back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, dude, I, <laughs> I, I bought so many. Listen, I, at one time I had like 14 replica NBA basketball jerseys of just random people, like people you'd never heard of. Clearly. Um, I, I misspoke. It was 97 that he was in Atlanta. Hey, and while we're going down the Kenny Lofton uh, rabbit hole here, I'm, I'm doing some some wiki, which is always a, a great place to get lost. How about this? Uh, you know, he was the backup uh, to Craig McMillan, but also the backup, obviously, to Steve Kerr uh, on a team that goes to the Final Four in 88. Huh. And then he was the starting point guard uh, the next year when they go to the Sweet 16. But here's the nugget that really caught my eye. He's only one of two men that have played in a Final Four and a World Series. And the other, this is crazy. Hang Kenny on Lofton, a minute. Stop, stop, stop. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you a little moment here. Oh. um, Is it Lao Mouton? It is not Lao Mouton, but that's a quality guess. Yao, do you have a guess? I have no idea. Is he from LSU? Uh, no. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's not Ryan Miner, is it? Uh-uh. Okay, I'm out. The other is Tim Stoddard. North Carolina State. North Carolina State. But how about this? Kenny Lofton and Tim Stoddard both went to East Chicago Washington High School. I did not know that. What? <laughs> so. What? <laughs> like, that is the most mind-blowing thing I've read, that two guys went to the same high school and they're the answer to the same trivia question. Who are the only two men to ever play in a Final Four, Final Four and a World Series? World Series? That is a stat that you will not hear anywhere else than right here on Main Street Sports today, folks. Good. No. Cut no. that out. Tim wow. Stoddard and Kenny Lofton are both graduates of Washington High School in East Chicago. That's Both a, went on to play in a Final Four and a World Series, and no one else has done it. That is incredible. That's that's bonkers. That's amazing. You got lost on Wiki. That's yeah, because that was worth the price of admission right there. That 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 blew my mind, and that's, uh, that's worth the show right there. We might as well shut it down right here. <laughs> we absolutely. I'm, I'm not sure it's going to get any better than that. You know, I'm going to go to uh, Mexican restaurants across uh, southern middle Tennessee for the next six months, hoping that that uh, nugget that somehow comes That's up. a trivia question. <laughs> because I'm prepared now, just in the well, event that that does pop up. If you show up on the third Tuesday at Southern Springs in Spring Hill, uh, it, may, it may in fact be the final trivia question to double your score for the night. Okay, I like where this is going. I, I love a little uh, insider information when I when I hear <laughs> it. Uh, Rigging the game, the huh? Walks in. Who? There we whose go. table will he sit at? <laughs> yeah, that's that's mind blowing. And so, yeah, you got two guys go to the same high school, and then they both go on to play in the Final Four and the World Series. Mm. I'm I'm mind blown. And obviously, Kenny Lofton, uh, kind of like Yao's point a moment ago, he's one of those kind of seminal figures uh, in Major League Baseball of my childhood. Uh, just him and Griffey were two of the coolest guys to ever do it back in the day. And he was so electric. And obviously, 
great run with the uh, then Indians and then obviously mm -hmm. a, a great season in Atlanta, which was memorable, uh, so memorable. Like we said, that yeah, bought a spring training jersey, no less, you mentioned. So um, all, all in all, a fantastic career and kind of cool to see him getting recognized uh, for an achievement. I think a lot of folks obviously probably were unaware of prior to watching this show today. There you go. Speaking of Braves outfielders, one did not take the field in spring training today. Ronald Acuna Jr. scratched Ooh, for hiss. soreness in the right knee. Ooh, hiss. Yeah, yeah. No but, one, no one likes know, to hear that, but I'm well, sure he's fine. Better on March 1st than a lot of later dates. So we'll take it. Um, you know, we've talked about Rob Manfred's pending retirement. Trying to figure Seven out ways years to, from now. Trying to figure out ways to speed up the process. Um, a name that has emerged as a potential successor, Theo Epstein. Former. I mean, it's, it, it's certainly, uh, he's certainly a baseball guy. Yes. Which is more than you can say about the current guy. And I think that would be okay. I saw an article yesterday. I meant to link it to the run of show and it didn't link, but it seems he's worked pretty much at every level of baseball from media relations to, you know, scouting departments to obviously GM and, you know, snap Boston's, long World Series drought, snapped the Cubs, long World Series drought. I mean, he's had a lot of success as an administrator in Major League Baseball, and, and he's a baseball guy, like you said, Chris. So maybe that is a gig that would fit his background. Well, and he's a, he's a guy that uh, when, when I look at the story, I hadn't really thought about potential a succession plan, but I'm like, yeah, I could see that. And it kind of like you're laying out, Mo, kind of does follow a pretty solid trajectory of a guy that's a lifelong baseball guy. And uh, obviously, who knows what his tenure potentially would look like. But uh, I would not be shocked if you had told me that. Uh, and then obviously, I see him at the top of our list here that we're looking at. He had worked with MLB as a consultant to the commissioner's office on, on various matters before um, – joining Fenway Sports Group here recently, um, which owns a soccer club and something else, I think, in addition to the Red Sox. So, again, Epstein is, I'm sorry, um, Man Manfred isn't supposed to retire until 28 or 29, unfortunately. May it, may it happen sooner, but there's, well, there's and, a name. And and the real, I mean, the the real front runner is definitely Dan Hallam, right? I mean, he's essentially being groomed, as, such as uh, Manfred was under C League. It, I mean, this is a guy who, who's been in negotiation with the players for a long time. And that's my really, question. I guess my question is, though, do you want anybody that's currently associated with Manfred in that spot? Well, I mean, this is a guy who goes back to the Seelig days, though. I mean, and 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 I think Bud Seelig was a pretty 
decent commissioner. I, I think Rob Manfred had some wild ideas, but when you're talking about, you know, you're the number one goal of major league baseball's commissioner is one to grow the game, but two to make the players happy while also keeping major league baseball entity, you know, safe. And He's a guy who's done that twice. So he's probably the front runner. I, I think Theo Epstein would be a fantastic hire, would probably be the best hire possible. But one, does he want the job? And two, would they give it to him? Those are two valid questions. Because, I mean, if he doesn't want it, then it doesn't matter. And if they wouldn't give it to him, then it doesn't matter. But mm -hmm. it sure would be nice, I think. So I, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. When we come back on Main Street Sports today, presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, we have in the green room right now, Christopher Gabriel coming to us from the West Coast. Talk a little UT basketball as they get ready for their big tilt tomorrow night down in Tuscaloosa against the Tide. So, um, promises to be a lively discussion stay with us as we get into it after this break whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior when it comes to your performance don't settle for anything less than excellence we're proud to announce that mid-tennessee bone and joint clinic is now tennessee orthopedic alliance of columbia where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. Welcome to Protein Snack Shop, your destination for healthy and delicious low-carb snacks. Our specialty lies in providing protein-packed desserts that are perfect for those following a keto diet. Our products are made with high-quality ingredients, ensuring that you can satisfy your cravings without compromising your health goals. From a variety of flavors and options to choose from, you can enjoy guilt-free snacking while staying on track with your fitness journey. Don't miss out on our limited-time offer. Discover Protein Snack Shop today. 
With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the pig. We thrive under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Weekend update edition of Main Street Sports Today presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia continues here from the Lee Company studios of Wade Neely, Chris Yao, and Maurice Patton. And we are now joined by, from the left coast, Christopher Gabriel sporting his orange in anticipation of the meeting that will determine the outright leader of the Southeastern Conference by the end of it tomorrow night when Tennessee and Alabama tip it off in Tuscaloosa. Christopher, good afternoon. Fellas, it's good to be with you. Rainy, and uh, I'm going to give you the West Coast version here. It's really cold today. It's about 61 degrees. Folks here walking around mm. in parkas and, uh, you know, loading up at the grocery store for a long siege of rain. I, I heard you talking about baseball. Uh, listen, I, I got to say respectfully, I don't want anybody connected to Bud Sealing. Uh, in that office. I want nobody. You know, as a Chicagoan, all Bud Selig ever cared about was doing whatever he could do for the Brewers, which is smart because he was the, the Brewers owner, but he, he finagled his way out of the American League to get into the National League because he wanted Cubs and Cardinals fans coming to Milwaukee, not White Sox and Twins fans. And then Bud, Bud Selig's legacy, as far as I'm concerned, is the tie in the All-Star game. So I think Theo Epstein is a phenomenal idea despite the fact that he was the, the man or heading the Cubs, did a great job on the north side, but keep, keep me away from anybody associated with Bud Selig. And I say that respectfully. <laughs> respectfully, yeah. Um, <laughs> Chris, this ball game tomorrow night, we, we're pretty excited about it. Um, and as I look at the standings in the Southeastern Conference, I'm amazed. There are six teams with double-digit wins already in conference play. I mean, it, it's, it just speaks to, you know, we knew that this conference had been good this year, but when you look at those numbers, it's, it just kind of slaps you in the face. And again, Tennessee and Alabama at the top of the conference, each at 12 and three going into this matchup tomorrow. Um, clearly a marquee matchup in, in Tennessee's number four, 
in this week's rankings, Alabama's 14. You know, what do you like about this game? What do you like about this team right now? Well, I, I'm going to take the latter first. Uh, mm-hmm. The game I have cons- concerns about, the team I'm very excited about. I, You know, a couple of weeks ago, looking at this four-game stretch of Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky, my ho- obviously the hope is that the Vols can go 4-0. and I don't think... I don't think that's going to happen. I, I'm hoping more three and one, but this team, I don't know that I'm going to break news. This is a team that I think has evolved and the way they have evolved, the way the program has evolved is because Rick Barnes has evolved. I have not seen a Rick Barnes team at Tennessee run, push tempo, get out in transition the way they have done this year uh, at any other time in his tenure in Knoxville. I think he's recognized I think he recognized what happened last year. Um, among other games, uh, you know, the, the game at Madison Square Garden, uh, that game, the, the Vols looked like they were just slogging through mud most of the night. This is a team that has great athleticism. They have, they, I'm not going to say they have gazelles, but they have guys that can get out on the break. They have the guy, arguably, one of the best point guards in the country to get them out on the break and get the ball to the right people in the right moment in Zakai Ziegler, uh, whether it's Josiah Jordan-James, whether certainly Dalton Connect, we can talk for an hour about uh, about DK. Uh, guys uh, on this team get out, they fill the lanes, and even when they don't have numbers, they have looked to push. Even if it's three-on-three, three, they have looked to push. And this team has the ability with guys like Dalton Connect then to you know get a guy, get him on the wing, skip pass, open shot, and more often than not, they're draining it. This team can put a lot of stress, a lot of pressure on defenses. That's what I like about them. They can beat you in the half court. They can beat you in the open court. They can beat you in pretty much every way. The, the times that this team gets in trouble is, is when a team is really good, especially on their offensive boards. I think the Vols, and I, I'm being facetious with this stat that I'm going to make up. I think the Vols lead the nation in giving up long rebounds. And, you know, that's just a matter of, as Dennis Robin would say, understanding positioning, understanding that if you're taking a 25-foot shot, the ball's going to come off the rim pretty hard. We rarely uh, get our guys in the right position. So as far as the team goes, I like that they can run with Alabama. They can play with Alabama in the half court. Alabama scores. um, They score seven more a game. They give up 13 more a game. Uh, This is going to be an up-and-down game as far as the game itself goes. It feels a little bit ambush-like, right? It, it just feels like after the Vols just took them to the woodshed a couple of weeks ago by 20, I think college game day is going to be in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Who knows why, but Tuscaloosa. And, you know, they'll stop at Dreamland Barbecue. We're going to get all the requisite shots of, of Tuscaloosa, you know, nice shots of Tuscaloosa, which will take like 30 seconds. Uh, and, and then uh, I just – I feel like the first five minutes of this game – and I, I know it's an overused – Axiom, but I think the first five minutes of this game will go a long way to tell us because I'm thinking about the game at Kentucky last year when the Vols seemingly were down 25, 30 points in the first 10 or 11 minutes. They eventually found their way back, but we pretty much knew where that game was going to go. Tennessee simply must be in this game early on, and they we need to attack. The Vols need to attack and put the pressure on Alabama. They cannot let the game come to them. They need to take the game Alabama. Chris, uh, obviously the next game is the biggest game, but uh, coming off such an emotional comeback versus Auburn, you kind of surmised it, I guess, a little bit there, but it seems like we could really, really, we, we learned a lot maybe about Tennessee the other night, but it seems like if they can come out 
and go on the road and get a huge win like this, we really are going to learn a lot more about this team and where they potentially could uh, end up as uh, March Madness is concerned. At least it feels that way to me. I'm curious your thoughts. Well, I agree with you. I, I, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, when you get into March and, and all of us here, we, we understand what March is. And a team like Tennessee, wherever the Vols play, they're going to be the villains. Whatever, you know, whatever directional school they play, the Vols are going to be the villains. The Vols are going to be one of those teams uh, that has a, a, a mark, a bullseye on their back. This game, uh, I, I agree with you that they, we're going to see just how much they can handle in the way of stress. Uh, I've used that word a lot, but I think this is a stress game in many ways. They're going to be in a very hostile environment. Uh, in, in many ways, a little more hostile than Rupp because having been to both arenas, Coleman, the fans just feel like they're a little closer to you uh, at Coleman Coliseum, especially behind the baskets. Uh, it's, it's a little louder than Rupp because the roof at Coleman, it, it curves up a little bit, but it's, overall it's a little bit lower. So it's, it's a deafening environment. It's going to be crazy in there. We're going to learn a lot about the Vols in terms of how they deal with adversity. Common theme this time of year, right? We get to March. How well does your great team deal with adversity? And it seems as though the teams that make the deep runs in March, uh, again, not breaking news here, it may not be the best team. It's the team that's playing the best. And in the case of the Vols, the Vols have always found a way not to be playing their best at one point or another going through long stretches. I think that's one thing we're going to look for tomorrow night, and that is can the Vols limit stretches that they go without scoring a point? Is Dalton Connect going to be able to follow? He, he generally follows a 30-point effort with another 30, except for the North Carolina game, uh, <laughs> the game after the North Carolina game when he had a hurt ankle. But that's usually a good sign for them. I think we're going to look to see Dalton Connect get off early, but we're also going to see uh, just how much swag this team can bring into the arena. And I, that's not something that we talk about all the time with Rick Barnes' teams, but this team has some swag, fellas. We all know that. They've got some guys they, – they've. Dalton Connect doesn't do much with it. He does a little three thing, whatever. but they need to go in there. And, and this is something I'll go back to the Spurrier days in football in the 90s. Mm. When they used to come to Knoxville, most of us on this screen remember this. They didn't come in hoping to win. They came in expecting to win. And expecting to win is simply believing in yourself and knowing that you've got the components in every phase of the game to win the game. I really believe this is so key tomorrow night. The Vols need to go into Coleman Coliseum and expect to win that game, not hope to win that game. I think that will get them through a lot. Speaking with Christopher Gabriel here at CG Program, and, of course, you can always catch it. Saturday mornings is the, the time, the place. Just follow him on Twitter for that. Christopher, this, this game is massive in terms of – the SEC tournament seeding, and of course, as we talked with Jerry Palm yesterday, seeding for the NCAA tournament. A win in at Coleman Coliseum would go a long way to putting this Tennessee team closer to a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Is this team prepared for that mindset? Like you said, there's some adversity, obviously. Are they prepared for this type of game in this type of environment. We've seen them play well at home. We've seen them play at times on the road well. This is going to be the biggest test of the year. 
You know, Chris, if they're not ready, and I'm not making the joke or being flippant <laughs> here, if they're not ready, then they're not ready for March. Uh, I agree. At, this, at this point in the year, uh, yeah, you have to be ready. And this is a team, when you have guys, when you have a, a veteran team and you have guys like Santi and Triple J in particular, guys who have been through the wars and guys who have seen their team, their orange and white, fall uh, in March, uh, there's got to be a level of chip on their shoulder uh, to prove everybody wrong. And I mean everybody. It just seems everybody is expecting a loss in March. And I do think that this game uh, is, is the kind of game that uh, can really propel them to a number one seed. Uh, if they lose, how far does how far does Tennessee fall in the minds of the people creating this stuff? I don't think they go below a number two. But if you look at, I think since 1985, 38 number one seeds, uh, 23 of them have won a national title. If you give me a choice, and I said this on Knoxville Radio on Wednesday, if you give me a choice of winning the SEC tournament or getting a number one seed, I want the number one seed. I, I, I realize it would be impressive to win that tournament, but I also don't want to see them put every single last ounce of energy, effort, uh, and great game into winning the SEC tournament as opposed to positioning themselves to be a number one seed. They would likely, I think we agree, be the number four, number one seed. Probably, I'm guessing, come out here, come out west. That may not be a bad thing uh, if they came out to the West Coast because a lot of folks out here, I, you know, Six of one, half dozen of the other, right? Not a lot of folks out here pay much attention to the SEC. It's not that they don't respect the SEC, but I talk to folks in the Pac-12 and the Mountain West all the time, Pac-12 moving to Pac-2, but I talk to folks up and down the coast all the time. They they know Dalton Connect more than they know what this current Vols team is like. I don't know that that would be a bad thing if you put the Vols in a regional in one of the early sites out here. I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but to the original question, this is this is a game that they simply have to be ready for. If they if they go into Tuscaloosa, guys, and they lose, then they lose. But if they come out with just a horrendous, embarrassing double-digit 20 or 30-point loss like the Vols gave them in Knoxville, I, I think just the way things are with this program, I think that works a little bit against Tennessee more than mm. it might work against some other teams. And that's not to suggest, oh, woe is us. Everybody hates Tennessee. That's not at all what I'm saying. I just think that th this team has a little bit more to prove than when you look at a Kansas or when you look at a mm. UConn, it was certainly a UConn, and, and some of the other elite teams. Vols have a little more to prove. If they were to be able to get a win tomorrow night, I, I mean, unless they too, totally screwed up South Carolina or Kentucky, I think you're looking at, at a real strong case for a number one seed. Christopher, you 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 presented a hypothetical right there, and you said, given a choice between an SEC championship and a number one seed, you would rather have the number one seed. I'm wondering, can Tennessee get the number one seed without winning the SEC tournament? Well, that's you know, there's a, a nice conundrum, right? That's that's uh, that's kind of a catch twenty two. You may be right about that, but what you're implying that can, can the Vols pull this thing off without winning it? I think they'd have to at least get to the uh, get to the SEC championship game. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I, I don't I don't think if we take what you're saying a step further, if the Vols find their way to a number two seed, it's not going to be lower than a number two unless they lost three so. three consecutive games and were out in the first round of the SEC tournament. Heaven forbid, but we've seen that happen before too. Um, I don't think a number two seed is that bad either. 
mm-hmm. depending upon upon what bracket they're in and who they ended up having to play. So that's an interesting that is an interesting point. I, I do think they could get one. We've not we've seen that happen before. A team not winning their conference tournament, but usually that team is named Duke, uh, mm-hmm. Duke or, or North Carolina. But I, I think it's possible. <laughs> yeah. I- I don't know if I would if I would rather be the one out west or number two in the Midwest with Purdue looming because we all know Tennessee and Purdue's history, right? Mm. I don't think that's the oh, that's not gosh, the play you yeah. want. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I mean, at, at, at this point, if we played them in field hockey, we're going down. So it just, it just <laughs> seems like we see the black and gold, and there's a problem. It's 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 awfully frustrating. There's no question. Oh, man. Is Dalton Connect the SEC Player of the Year? Is there any doubt at this point? Uh, he, they're, 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 who else? I mean, the, the, you can make a case for Mark Sears and, and a couple of guys in Kentucky, but come on. He, he is the Player of the Year. And just because I said that, he'll be the runner-up. Uh, I, I don't know how you don't give it to him. I, I wrote this on social media the other day. I said this, you know, I host my program on Saturdays, but I host the, the news magazine show Monday through Friday here on KMJ. And we were talking college basketball a little bit. And I said that as far as Tennessee goes in, in, in men's and women's sports, he is in the discussion for one of the greatest finishers, big clutch, big game clutch players of all time at Tennessee. Whether you're talking about Candace Parker, whether you're talking about Bernard King, uh, we can go Chris Lofton. Dalton Connect is right there. And I, I had to correct somebody. I said, I'm not saying he's the best, but he is in that discussion. He does things that I have not seen a Tennessee athlete do in years. He has a th- – that second half the other night, and understand, I'm not saying he, he's this these players, but that 12-minute stretch out here, I see a guy do that a lot or have done it a lot, but his name is Steph Curry. That's that's what Dalton Connect did in those 12 minutes. They just right. it didn't matter. I mean, Pearl could have run on the court, whether it was Bruce Pearl or Sterl the Pearl with it with, you know, with a 45 and run out there. Nobody was going to stop him. And I think what he has shown this year uh, against virtually everybody, he is practically unstoppable. Uh, even when he starts slowly, he just keeps firing it up. Credit to Rick Barnes. He's got to be the, the player of the year, doesn't he? Chris keeps bringing this up, and I don't, I don't understand why. I'm, really, because I'm, I, I'm looking for confirmation bias here. Okay, well, yeah, I think I want everyone to say it so that I don't feel like an idiot for thinking it. No, you're, you're, you're not an idiot what? for oh, thinking wait. this. So Chris think Chris thinks that Dalton Connect will be the player of the year. He yes. feels like Dalton Connect should be the player of the year. He just wants other people to affirm that. And I I just don't feel like it's even worth discussing, to be honest. I, I, if if Dalton Connect is Chris, not the Southeastern Conference player, player of the year, of the year. they need to stop. Yeah. That's yeah. Th- there you go. I, I yeah. right. Here's here's my right. question, Christopher. I, I saw something earlier today about UT basketball Mount Rushmore. And I'm hesitant to put Dalton Connect on UT's Mount Rushmore just for the fact that he's only done it one year. Now, this one year may be the greatest one year in the history of Tennessee men's basketball, but it's one year. 
where does that enter into your consideration of UT basketball's Mount Rushmore? That's a, it's a great question. And for me, I, I, I think you make a valid point. It's only been one year. But let's just say, let's let's go there for a moment and mm-hmm. just say the Vols find their way to the national championship. <laughs> I, I'm putting them on there. All bets are off at that point. <laughs> I, I, I'm putting them on there. Okay. Uh, that's exactly well, right. I mean, if they get if yeah. they were to get there, I'm putting them on. Yeah. So yeah. so there's three that are universal. I don't think anybody is is arguing Bernard King, Alan Houston, and Chris Lofton, right? I think those three are pretty well universal. I think the fourth one is probably up for a little bit of debate. Absolutely. Here's my question. If Dalton Connect is on your Mount Rushmore after this season, could Zakai Ziegler over the next two years play his way onto it over because of longevity and the way that he's played his first two years at Tennessee? Who would you take off for Zakai? No, there used to be Dalton. Oh. Ooh. You know, there was a show for years on CNN called Crossfire. And uh, it was Michael Kinsley and Pat Buchanan. And they had their director in their ear saying, ask him this. this ask him this because this, everybody's going to go crazy when you ask him this. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's an interesting premise uh, there. I, and I, I guess my thought is, is that possible? I, I guess it's possible but I don't know. I don't know that Zakai Ziegler and man, I. I love the guy. I, I just he really when he's not going well. We saw what happens to Tennessee in the half court when Zakai Ziegler isn't going well. We saw how important he is. But I'm just not sure that the full arsenal of Zakai Ziegler, even over the next two years, is enough to say he is that kind of an explosive. Uh, player that can take over a game the way Dalton Connect can do that. I, I, I mean, I'm old enough, and I think at least two of you, I don't think three, but I think two of you are in my age neighborhood. I remember that 1979 season with Larry Bird and Terre Haute and, uh, and Indiana State and Magic Johnson up the road in East Lansing, and I remember the game at the Huntsman Center when Michigan State and Indiana State played. Those two guys took over games like nobody's business in the regular season. It was the man versus the rest of the boys. Dalton Connect, when he's in a groove like he was against Auburn, that's what he's like. I don't think Zakai Ziegler has that game. Not a knock against him. How many people do have that game that, that Dalton Connect has? So I'm not sure that I would replace him, but I might have a little tiny statue, a little head off to the side <laughs> of the Tennessee Mount Rushmore saying, Zakai, I'm over here. Well, here, here's the thing, Christopher, and, and as you reference age, my two counterparts may or may not have enough of a background for this, but Dale Ellis is on line one right now. What do you do? Yeah, with, what Dale do you do Ellis, with Dale Ellis in yeah, this mix? Yes, yeah. You see, this is this is what's fun. This is what's fun about about when we do, do sports talk because we can we can play that. You've held on to that Dale Ellis card, haven't you? You've just been you've been sitting there. With with Dale Ellis on, on a pick, like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till the end of this discussion. I'm gonna throw Dale Ellis out there. It, uh, but you're right. It, you're you're <laughs> you're you're right. So yeah, it's certainly something to think about. And um, hey Mo, hmm? 
Yeah. Are, are we are, are we finished with the basketball conversation? We can be. <laughs> Scrolling through Twitter as, as we are want to, to do. do. <laughs> On three sports reporting that the NCAA is pausing all NIL related investigations <laughs> involving collectives as a response to the Tennessee Virginia lawsuit. Figured since we have Christopher yeah, on the show, oh, might as well man. talk a little bit about this. Where's my white flag when I need it? Yeah, that's mm. oh, that's good stuff. You, you know, um, I'll just you know Barrett Barrett Soleil has is a friend. Uh, he's an acquaintance. He's been on my show a number of times. He went out did a video the other day, uh, and him and I were texting back and forth. And I said I, I really applauded him for. Even though he didn't mention their names, I'll mention their names. Dan Wetzel, Ross Dellinger, and Pat Forty with the video mm. they came out with, acting like they, they didn't know Nico's name. They couldn't pronounce it. And in all seriousness, and I'm going to get to the NIL part here, I found it embarrassing. I found it, you know, Pat's been on my show a couple of times. He was a great guest. But I found that little moment embarrassing for three guys who are legitimately really good writers have done work for great work for years dan wetzel was in new york supposed professionals the federal trial yes and i think that we've now gotten to that to that qualifier because it was so embarrassing and to me beneath fans to have to watch that and the and the way barrett Saleh came out and not mentioning them saying these guys and others owe tennessee an apology for assuming the worst and people coming out nonsense with this garbage about the death penalty. Everybody knew that after SMU years ago, got the death penalty. The, that wasn't even in play. The no. NCAA absolutely loves to get their butts kicked uh, in court. They, they, they really? are unbelievable when it comes to that. And I have said forever, I've said for years that figuratively speaking in Indianapolis, that building figuratively speaking needs to be burned to the ground and then they need to rebuild that place, get all the gray and black suits out of there, men and women, and find a way to build something that is less dysfunctional than the IOC or FIFA. Because it, everything that they do, their inconsistency in how they met out, meet out punishment is ridiculous. Go back to the North Carolina academic scandal. and Well, we're going to leave it to North Carolina to punish themselves. Well, we're still waiting for that to happen. So this today <laughs> uh, that you're bringing up doesn't surprise me at all. And uh, this notion about some fans like, oh, Nico's going to be suspended. No, he's not. Do a little research, figure things out. The NCAA is going to go crawl under a rock on this one because Tennessee, state of Virginia, as well as everything that was going on with Dondi Plowman and Danny White, they were ready for this. And none of this, none of that announcement surprises me one bit. All right. There you go. There you go. I need to towel off now. <laughs> Christopher Gabriel bringing it as always here on Main Street Sports today, presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. Christopher, we appreciate you visiting with us, and um, we will be watching the same screen that you will be tomorrow night as Tennessee and Alabama get things going. So um, I'm sure we'll be tweeting and texting and the like. Looking forward to it. Thanks for your time, and we'll catch up with you soon. Fellas, it's always my great pleasure. Anytime you call, it is a, a wonderful time to come on your program. Have a great weekend. Uh, go Vols tomorrow night. There we go. Thank you, Christopher. Hey, when we come back, we'll tell you what we're going to be doing outside of that UT Alabama window tomorrow night. So stay with us here for the final segment of Main Street Sports today, coming to you from the Lee Company Studios after this. 
Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. I'm Maurice Patton, and on Main Street Sports Today, we bring you the voices of your favorite teams from preps to pros. Um, otherwise known as the VOT, Mike Keith. The, the bottom line is, we can teach Will Levis woke. I just don't know who's going to work with you on your base stealing now that he was. <laughs> well, that has nowhere to go but up. And I was just like, oh, guys, not again. Can we just bury that, burn that footage, and not bring it back? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll uh, we'll keep it going past the All-Star break. And uh, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. There's always a good story to tell. Can you guess where I am today, Mo? Where, where am I? It's, it's Reece not Smith Reece Smith Field. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So anytime you play Chicago, you want to win. That's you, just you got that right, and when you're walking the dog, you keep the bags that you need for the dog in the bag, and you don't even have to wear it; you can just hold it, which is what I do when I walk the dog. So I think I think the fanny pack probably needed a little rebranding. <laughs> it did. So, it really did. Um, it, 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 on your show logo, we've got to get a puck in there. There's a basketball. There's a oh. there's a baseball. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not a puck. How about Mo brandishes a hockey stick? Tune in daily at 2 p.m. on Main Street Media TV. Every time we play that promo, I just think anybody that ever saw me with a hockey stick would know that that was staged. (laughs) (laughs) A goalie's mitt, maybe. Possibly. I mean, you, you would have to move a lot less on ice skates playing goalie than anything else so yeah i'm just thinking with yeah the the baseball connection there did a little more resembling a i'm not sure i want to stand in front of any of those pucks coming at you from speed and distance so i don't know but um (laughs) welcome back to the final segment of main street sports today presented by the tennessee orthopedic alliance of columbia not Kentucky um, again. Not, no, not Kentucky, but not, not, both with C's. Um, what y'all got going this weekend? Because, I mean, I'm going to try my best to be in front of the TV for Tennessee, Alabama, but I'm also headed to um, Murfreesboro, as I mentioned, when we were talking with Chris Childers for um, Lady Raiders Senior Day, 2 o'clock tip versus Sam Houston. Uh, not not seen them since um, – since running down to Huntsville for that I'm UT not, game, so I'm not trying to run over there with with Charlie. Come on, she would. I think she'd enjoy that. Come on, we'll we'll have a we'll have a big old time. Well, I will tell you. Speaking of Charlie, <laughs> let's 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 look less ahead and look back into yesterday because I have to tell you about a phone call I got from Sarah while I was at work yesterday. <laughs> this is this is what I'll be trying to avoid this weekend. So Charlie. <laughs> 
is using the potty on her own and this is great it's wonderful we're so happy and she washes her hands and like it's not it's not unusual for us to hear the water turn on in the bathroom because she washes her hands like it's just is what it is Oops. well okay. the water turns on yesterday and and she runs out of the bathroom and <laughs> her hair is soaking wet and sarah is sarah says why is your hair wet and she goes <laughs> It's squirting. And Sarah's like, what is, what are you talking about? Well, Sarah walks into the bathroom and the bidet portion of our toilet is just straight up streaming into the air. <laughs> and it's hit her in the face. It's hit her oh, oh. Did you not tell her about the bidet? Was oh, she wasn't she, ready, huh? Well, so it's it's silver, just like the the flush handle. So I think she just mistook that for the flush handle, and yep, <laughs> she gotcha. she hit it. And next thing you know, she didn't know what to do. Well, she won't do that again. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I'll be trying to avoid that this weekend. But it was such a good story, I couldn't not tell it. <laughs> That's one of those life lessons that you didn't know you would ever uh, right. have to figure out, but it just it worked itself out naturally. It seems that's uh, a fool me once kind of thing, I would think. Yeah, that was great. Of course, I've I've never had a bidet, so it never was much of an issue. <laughs> well, this this is one of those that like it. It's basically just a it's just a seat, and it you know it just hooks into the water. Like it's not like anything special. Like you can buy it at Walmart. <laughs> But the person who owned our house before really, I think they bought it during the toilet paper shortage of 2020, and they were like, hey, just in case. Here you go. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> um, just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Wade. But otherwise, I don't know. I got, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be watching probably some NASCAR on Sunday and uh, got, a, got a DJ gig tomorrow night. So. Yeah. Wade. Uh, any bidet encounters planned for the weekend? Hopefully none. Uh, and I'm going to Paris. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be at my house. Uh, oh, I'm going, right. going to Paris. Maybe there will. I'm, yeah. I'm going to Paris. Uh, my, my bidet is usually, uh, not in a vertical position. So we're, we're usually pretty safe there, but, uh, yeah, going to Paris tomorrow. Summertown is, uh, on the road playing Huntington be my first trip over, uh, to Huntington proper. Uh, been over to Carroll County a couple times over the years, but going to check that out. And really, it's kind of unfortunate because there's a lot of stuff going on. We mentioned with Tennessee, Alabama playing at the same time. Uh, you got the Preds going to be going on this weekend, which will be a big game versus the Avalanche. Uh, NSC is on the road tomorrow night. And then also, one thing uh, that I'm looking forward to, hopefully, uh, we'll know more later tonight, but UT Southern, the Firehawks, they got a, a nice win yesterday uh, to open up their conference tournament uh, versus the eight seed Thomas. They're in action tonight versus five seed Mobile at seven o'clock. So I'll try and keep tabs on that this evening. But if they win that game, they play for the conference championship tomorrow night down in Montgomery at six thirty. So uh, it could be one of those deals. I always carry headphones and usually listen to our Pulaski Citizen Live broadcast when I'm uh, out shooting photography or other games. So. I'll probably have some sort of combination of devices, uh, all of that pending that there's cell phone reception in Huntington, Tennessee, I suppose. See, I would like to do that, but I gotta, I gotta be focused on one thing. 
typically. And so if I'm listening to a game and trying to cover another game, it's it's not going to go well. You don't you so. don't really uh, it's more background noise than anything. And and Scott Stewart has kind of got me indoctrinated into it a little bit. You kind of listen and then you just really only go off of what you hear. You know, Mark Mize and Jennifer, they do a great job. They get their voices excited. I'm like, okay, I tune into the Richland game. For just a little bit. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately the other night they didn't have to raise their voices too much as both teams uh, got eliminated, unfortunately, this week. But so Saturday's the big day. And I kid you not, guys, I, for until about 10 minutes ago, have been thinking the Oscars were this weekend on Sunday. They're next weekend. Next so now weekend. I have no idea what I'm going to do on Sunday well, because I was planning to watch the Oscars on Sunday night. You can always watch a little NASCAR. You know, Mark mentioned earlier about the late, great Davy Allison picture that's over my shoulder here. Uh, again, looking back, on this day, 1987, Davy Allison won his first NASCAR race at Rockingham. Well, this yeah, day in NASCAR a, history. How about that? Wow. Man, that's, okay. that's some good trivia right there. This It's been a good day for trivia here on Main Street Sports today. I mean, Final Four World Series participants. I, I will be watching uh, the Formula One kicks off their season over in Bahrain tomorrow. So I'm going to catch Ooh. that a little bit in the, in the morning time. Uh, spoiler alert, Max is probably going to win. Uh, Red Bull. Well, whoever's, whoever's leading after the first – Five minutes is probably going to win. More often than not. By the way, uh, learned this uh, earlier on the show or earlier this week that uh, new Titans coach, uh, Brian Callahan, he's a big uh, Formula One fan, and it, it pained me that he in, indoctrinated everybody with his uh, – he's a Red Bull and Max Verstappen guy. So that kind of took him down a little bit of a notch in my book uh, because Max is – he's kind of the pretty boy and the poster child. Nobody wants that guy to win. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Callahan's a former quarterback, though, right? So, I, I, I guess mean, that I guess that kind of checks tracks. out. Um, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. Um, oh, what you got going on? You mentioned Senior Day, though. What else? I'm I'm going to Senior Day, and I'm going to try to watch UT Alabama, and then I will be slaving away over a hot keyboard pretty much during the day Sunday, getting copy ready for the Wednesday print edition of Main Street Murray, because that's pretty much what my Sundays have devolved to, unfortunately. <laughs> but you mentioned the Predators. They will be playing Can't tomorrow wait. night against the Avalanche, going for number eight. Moneypuck.com has the Preds at about a 67% chance to make the playoffs. They're now up to about a 25% chance to win the first-round series. Look out, folks. This is wild. Yeah, yeah, who'd have thunk? And, and it all started with our conversation with Ann Kimmel a couple of weeks ago. Ann Kimmel, who is now moving over to Penalty Box Radio, by the way. So we will have to come up with some new graphics for her for the next time she comes on with us. Yeah. Hint, hint. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to watching both Friday and Saturday, by the way, Portland and Memphis. That's crazy. I know. Tonight and tomorrow, back-to-back, -to -back, 7 o'clock on Valley. So plenty of stuff to react to on Monday on the Monday Mirror, Mo. Absolutely. And see who's here to react to it on the Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, coming to you from A. Lee Company Studio somewhere. Chris, Wade, 
You guys have a great weekend. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see See you you Monday at 2 o'clock right here.